This is a journey into sound. I know what you pinko, heavy metal weirdos do. You are locked into MSR Cast, brought to you by Mainstream Resistance. If you like corporate bullshit, listen to commercial radio. If not, stay tuned. Fuck the mainstream. This is Neil Turbin from Death Riders, and you're listening to Metal Injection Radio, bringing you mainstream resistance. Be fierce and stay metal, thrashing. Tears aren't a woman's only weapon. The best one's between your legs. Learn how to use it. Drink.
Welcome, my friend, to the show that never ends. <laughs> you are listening to episode 167 of MSRCast. Brought to you by MetalInjection.net and MetalGeeks.net. I am your host, I am Kerry Gordon, and along with me is my co-host... I'm Sean, I'm known as the Metal Pigeon. The Metal Pigeon. How you doing, sir? Pretty good. Uh, last episode, we had a really cool learning experience we learned all about vintage retro revival it was the classroom experience yes. it definitely was i think uh we promised we were going to have uh, a quiz over it this episode yeah well i i bought that album by person did you really yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just they have the ep and the album i bought the album it's good it's yeah. really good yeah I need, I need to go back and listen to some of the other bands some more on my own but, i think uh, the one band that i got the most out of was big elf which I mean, I've heard of them, yeah. but I was like, "Oh wow!" And it's it's Dream Theater meets the Beatles. I'm like, yeah. "Okay, I'm down with that." That was a cool. We needed to do that because that was yeah. um, that's a style of uh, something that's going on within mu- heavy music that we're obviously ourselves we're not paying attention to. And just like yourself, Maurice is an encyclopedia of metal knowledge. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad I'm glad he was there and not just us talking about that. And we'll need to bring we'll bring him back on as a special guest correspondent sometimes. Maybe yeah. I was thinking about doing a doom metal episode down the road. He needs to I'm be on a, the doom metal. I am metal a doom episode. metal fanatic. Yeah. But I, there's only certain bands and there's so many bands that he's like, "Have you heard of this band? This band?" I'm like, "No, I never have." Yeah. Yeah, Death Doom, man. It's it's my 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 jam. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm gonna learn a lot in that episode too. So speaking of my jam, uh, one of my favorite bands just put out a brand new track, Anthrax. Yes, for the Game of Thrones soundtrack. Yeah, Game of Thrones mixtape volume two, yeah. which is free to download right now. I just found out they were doing this. I didn't realize this was a thing, so I yeah. missed the first one. So are they the first metal band to be on the thing? Uh, yeah, pretty much. The last one was all rap artists. And okay, there's a lot of rap. There's only like three or four metal bands on here. Yeah, um, it's. I downloaded it on my on my iPhone, so now I'm stuck with it. Every time I try to delete it, it keeps on coming back. Like you yeah. too. Yeah. Um, but so like you know it has um, mushroom head which was okay it was an okay track um, let's see it I had a bunch of like you know rappers like you know Snoop Dogg or Lion or whatever he's calling himself um, Kill Switch Engage has a new track on there which was pretty good yeah um, there's uh let's see the Anthrax track was called Soror Irumator S O R O R I R U M A T O R Hmm. And every track on here, of course, let me, let me forget, there's a new Mastodon song on here called White Walker. Oh, okay. Not heavy at all. It's yeah. really good, though. It's definitely a good track. Like an acoustic-y ballad or something? Sort of, yeah. It's, it's definitely, it's it's different what they do, but yeah. the Anthrax song, it reminds me of the late 90s B-side era stuff with John Bush, yeah. like Poison My Eyes. and Well, it's because we were listening to it just now, and it did sound like John Bush singing, even though I know, I know it's not I know John it's Belladonna, yeah. yeah. It's definitely it may be something they they pulled out of the the backlog so to yeah. speak of riffs and stuff. Hey, we need to we have all these riffs I'm wanting to do. You Let's know what do show this. I was watching today um, on DVD was uh, News Radio yeah. season one. Really, 
And there's a scene in there where Lisa goes to audition at uh, MTV News. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the band she's auditioning is Anthrax with yep. John Bush. Exactly. I remember that episode. <laughs> she's calling them grunge. She's calling them industrial. They're, we're not industrial. <laughs> yeah, they were, but they were wearing pretty grungy outfits. Yeah. <laughs> I think remember John Bush was wearing a. She's like, "Come on, I, I, your music's really heavy, sort of like grunge." And they're like, "No, we're not grunge." It's the second best sitcom episode with Anthrax in, and besides Married with Children. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. I forgot about that. Yeah. Do you remember? Well, do you remember that episode? Drew Carey also? No, Drew, no, someone else was on Drew Carey. Drew Carey had a uh, Dave Mustaine on there. At one Dave point. Mustaine. Okay. They were trying to make a band or something. Yeah. And it had like Dave Mustaine and it had the guy come from, audition right. They had the guy from the Eagles in it. Yeah. Uh, Joe Walsh and like I think Lemmy was even on the episode. Cool. I can't remember, but yeah, yeah. I used to love that Drew Carey show, but we're digressing very far away from yeah. metal. <laughs> but yeah, um, I like this new Anthrax song. Hopefully, it's uh, indicative of what the album's going to be like. Yeah, so they're gonna release one this year. They're they're. I think this year will be it. They're touring now. Yeah, with uh, Volbeat, which is a weird package because. Okay, so the guitar player that was in the band producing for a long time, yeah, left Anthrax to join Volbeat, and now they're touring again together. Rob, right? Rob, yeah, yeah Rob Caggiano. Yeah, it's a little bit of a weird. Good thing. for Anthrax though, getting on that tour. Yeah, that's Europe, right? No, it's America. Oh wow! It'll be so, here. I know it's gonna here the end of April. Were they playing the arena? Or? Yeah, it's an arena tour. Yeah, that's yeah. good. Good for Anthrax to be out in big venues like that again. But it's weird that they're um, opening. Hopefully, it's not like. Well, I mean, I can understand the opening for right. you know when I saw them for Judith Priest and right, things yeah. like that. You Bands know. that are perceived to be bigger than them. Yeah, but, but yeah. I don't perceive Volbeat as a bigger band. They might be making more money, but. Yeah, there was another. They're on the radio. They're on rock radio. So right. Yeah, you can't really say Anthrax is too much. Queensrÿch recently announced they're going to open for someone, and it seemed like a weird pairing. But you're sort of like, well, Scorpions, Scorpions, yeah. And that's not; those aren't two bands that you see going together. But they are going to play in big arenas yeah. in the states. So it's the good Scorpion. I mean, the good Queensrÿch. Yeah, too. yeah, the good Queensrÿch. Yeah, not yeah. that you know, no Jeff Tate. <laughs> Jeff Tate list. The only way Jeff Tate's going to be in the arenas anymore is if he goes to an NBA game or something like that. Or he buys a ticket yeah. and goes to, <laughs> goes to the Queen's Rack show. Yeah. I want to see what real Queen's Rack is like. Wow. Not bad. Not bad. No. Not bad. Yeah. His, Maybe his I ego, should copy this. His ego will not allow him to say that. I don't think his ego would fit into the building. Yeah. Probably not. Not that I know the guy or anything, but you know, we're just talking out of her butt. <laughs> So there is a new Anthrax track from the uh, Game of Thrones mixtape volume two, which is cool because like it all, every track does mix, you know, it's part of the storyline of the the show. They take yeah. scenes from the show and, and mix it into there, which is why it's called a mixtape. So, pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. What do right. you want to talk about? Um, I know you have something burning in your, in your brain. Well, I mean, I guess there was a, we were supposed to do this episode a while ago, yep. but we got delayed. And since then, new topics have come about. Exactly. Um, the big one I think we should talk about right now is the Megadeth thing. Mega who? Me- me- you know, Megadeth. Uh, finding a new drummer and guitarist, possibly. Right. Maybe they're, 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 what do you mean, are they replacing Dave Mustaine? No. <laughs> no? <laughs> they're, oh, apparently, damn it. they're apparently poaching Angra's guitarist. Yeah, Kiko Lorino. L- Lor- okay, we'll just say Kiko. Kiko. Yeah. Kiko Mon. Uh, Kiko, <laughs> I think Chris Adler from Lamb of God. You know, okay, when I first read that article, it's still a rumor, so it's not confirmed yet, but Chris Adler, 
I, if, no matter what you think about Lamb of God, he is a phenomenal drummer. Yeah, yeah. He's really good. Yeah. And I think he would fit that Megadeth style more than any other band. You know, you could. Why would he? You know, I don't know. If you say, oh, he's replacing, you know, he's going to be in Slayer, you're like, oh, well, that that could work. But yeah. I don't know. I, I see him working with Megadeth because he has that, that same drum style, you know? You have to have, you can have power in Megadeth as a drummer, but it's more important that you have finesse. Yeah. Because you have to fill in, add in all those fills that around the riffs or in between the riffs. Sure. Um, you know, unlike Slayer, where it'd be a lot of pummeling aggression. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I think it can work. I, I just, I'm kind of baffled about the Kiko thing though, because Anger just released a new album. Right. They're going to be on tour presumably throughout but this year. This is, isn't this sort of, um, a Dave Mustaine saying he like poaches guitar players from other bands that, that are really good. He did it with Dave, uh, with Broderick, Chris Broderick. Yeah. But Broderick was a relative unknown before that point. But Kiko relatively, besides, People that are really into in, underground power metal and in, stuff like in, that. In power metal, Kiko is a is a huge name. Yes, I mean the only thing bigger would have been getting, um, um, you know, someone like um, Timo Toki. Yeah, maybe or uh, yeah, yeah, something like that. Yeah, I don't. They would butt heads way too much. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. But I mean, so just for the normal metal head though, normal metal fan. They might have heard of Anger, but they don't know the name of Kiko. You know, they're like, oh, yeah. okay. They might even not have even heard of what, who Anger is. Yeah. I mean, it's sad to say, but... Actually, the only thing the only thing bigger than Kiko would have been getting Raphael Betancourt, you know, from the the, the main guy in Anger to be to join Megadeth. But of course. So oh, I wonder... They, they they could have got, got Nuno. I wonder what's going on in the Anger's camp right now. I wonder if what Raphael's thinking or if he's talked to Kiko about this and he's like... Oh, we just got the band on track. We finally got our new singer on board after four years. Does this mean we're opening up for Megadeth on like, tour? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that it could happen. Yeah, it could have been a good, a good package. But look what happened. To, look what happened to. Oh, well, he was already out of Yak Panther when he joined Megadeth. He was jamming with Nevermore at the time. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. It, it could work, man. Yeah, it's it's all a money thing, you know. Yeah, you there's a the part of me that feels like. And I say this as a Megadeth fan. There's a part of me that feels like Kiko's better than Megadeth. <laughs> He's too good for Megadeth, you know? I always thought Chris Broderick was too good for Megadeth. Oh, really? Yeah. But I, I could see that. I've heard the new Chris Broderick uh, solo, uh, stuff that they're putting out. I don't remember the name of it now. Um, something doing, uh, something of something. Yeah, he's doing it with that one with uh, someone else, right? Yeah. It's Broderick and... I can't think of it now. I, I can't we'll have to pull either. that. We'll yeah. have to, you know, pull that out of our collective mind while, yeah. when we play the next track. Yes. What's the next track? Uh, the next track. I don't know. You're gonna have to say what the next track is. I don't know what it is. Let's do. Uh, let's talk. Let's do Ingra. We just talked about yes. Ingra. Let's so play something from the new Ingra. Silent Call is what I picked, right? Yeah, which is a not the track I would have picked on the album. No, it's not the track uh, that I would normally would have picked either. I would have gone for something more traditionally power metal. But this is the most bizarre Angra album that I can ever think of. Um, it's bizarre in the sense that you have a new vocalist, and we touched on this the last time, I think maybe after the show, we were talking about how it's a new album. There's twelve or 11 to 12 songs in this album. You have a new vocalist, a, a very well-renowned power metal vocalist. Fabio. In Fabio Leone, and you're only having him do lead vocals in about six or seven of the songs. I think it's like six. Yeah, it's a little weird. So you have Epica. Uh, Epica's uh, Simone Simmons doing lead vocals in one song. Raphael does lead vocals in like three to four songs. He's not bad either. 
He, no, he's not. But like, it's why not use Fabio for the whole thing? That's the thing. So when I was listening to the album, I kept on coming back to this. It's the last song in the album, the silent, silent call. And I was, I was listening to it, going, you know what? Anger always talks about how they're very unashamed, unashamedly going for this this crossover thing, like this this crossover appeal. If they can, if they can land a radio song, they want to do it. You can definitely tell the trying on this album too. But and a lot of people don't like that. I appreciate their their being honest about it, and I think they've come as close as they can ever possibly come with this song. And I like it as a song, just as someone who appreciates good songwriting. Yeah, this is a Great song, you know, and um, Raphael does the lead vocals. He's very emotive. It's just, it's one of those songs that's very uncomplicated, and it's just based on this really um, simple melody and really simple guitar figure. But it's okay. so hard for bands to do. Like so many bands try to do this and fail, and Raphael has the talent to pull it off. So let's let the uh, music do the talking, and we'll be right back after this anger track. Oh, oh, oh. 
You were just listening to Angra, The Silent Call. That uh, that song did not make me angry at all. No, it's not Maybe. supposed to. It just made me get, want to get my to make lighter you think out. Of the the Swedish night, the Swedish night, exactly. Because yeah. I've experienced that. <laughs> I hope to one day, maybe though. That's it. That's definitely one of the the less heavy songs of the evening. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, we're going to be playing a Stephen Wilson song that's sort of ballady too. That's true. But yeah, um, yeah. but Stephen Wilson's always good. We'll I get could, to that. I could easily see like a Brazilian soap opera licensing that song and having it. <laughs> like wow, well, yeah. So I decided I wanted to do something fun tonight. So there was a game that came out when I first started doing Mainstream Resistance and I got sent a promo of. It's called the Metal Mental Meltdown. And it's even trademarked because a little TM logo next to it. <laughs> but it was a board game, basically. Um, and it came with a bunch of cards that had questions on them. And I thought it'd be interesting if we just grabbed some random cards and... Yeah. See what we fucking know about metal. Have you ever played the board game itself? I did play the board game. It's been a long time, though. Take, I just pulled this out of my garage today. Does it take a long time to... It uh, did. Yeah. Take, I don't even remember the rules of it now. <laughs> but um, I figured uh, the winner of these gets to play pick the next song. Okay. Sound good? Yeah. All, All right. right. So here's a couple cards for you. Here's a couple cards for me. Oh, there's 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 different. Um, <clears throat> there's multiple questions on each card. That's yes. strange. First of all, yeah. Okay. So, question: George Lynch plays what instrument? Guitar. Correct. <laughs> um, now your turn. Name Racer X's debut. Self-titled. Uh, Street Lethal. Okay. <laughs> Endless War and Suicidy were whose only releases? Uh, Endless War was, uh, uh I'm blanking right now. I'm not going to get this. Realm. R-E-A-L-M. Realm. No, I wouldn't have gotten we that anyway. Them, we played them on the show a lot. They do a really cool uh, Beatles cover of... I can't remember track it is now. Huh. But it, yeah. Okay. Um, uh, you're going to know that one. Uh, too no, easy. too bad. <laughs> too bad. Okay. Describe the cover of Sabotage's epic Dead Winter Dead. Who is Sabotage? Yeah, well, uh-oh. No, I'm joking. Um, actually, I had a, a conversation with somebody about this at work the other day. He's like, <laughs> I really like Train Subbing Orchestra. I'm like, have you ever heard Dead Winter Dead? I'm like, no. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. <laughs> Why do you think Transylvania Orchestra is around? So describe it's a wintry cover. Well, you got to be more specific than that. Some piano or something on there as well? I can't remember. (laughs) Wrong. Damn it. It actually had a gargoyle on there. It was the the cover with the gargoyle kind of over his shoulder. 
yeah. Staring on the streets of Sarajevo. Oh, that's where they get the song title from, huh? Yeah. Who is the vocalist for Dr. Butcher? Um, John Oliva. There you go. What are these sabotage questions? I, well, <laughs> uh, I don't like those describe the cover of shit. Okay. Who wrote and recorded No Fuel for the Pilgrims? For the Pilgrims? Yeah. I don't know the answer to that one. D-A-D. Do you know what that stood for? I remember that. No. Disneyland After Dark. Really? Yeah, I have no idea why, but it was. Who killed Euronymous? Varg Vikernes. So here, Count Grishnot. Well, come on. Same thing. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know if I can give that one to you. Um... Describe, oh God. Describe the cover of Poison's Open Up and Say Ah. Do I have to? Do I? If I know the answer, do my, I, I lose metal cred, don't yeah, I? No, you don't have to answer that one. <laughs> how, about, an- how about What's na- the answer? Uh, let's see what they say. A chick with a really long tongue painted like a tiger. Okay. I was thinking of the other one where they're all dressed up in drag. This is not for no- nothing. Uh, Poison, um, the only album I think it's actually worth listening to was uh, Native Tongue, which is not a bad hard rock album. Anyway, uh, is it? Is it That's you? That's been brought to you by Poison. Yeah. <laughs> it's the only good thing we'll say about Um God, this is so easy, but I got to ask it. Name Armored Saint's first singer, and they spelled Armored with the British way. John Bush. There you go. I was about to say Joey Vera. I know. I know better. Than He's that. the only vocalist I've ever had. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. Never mind. I can't even ask you that one. Next one. Um, we're gonna have to go to some harder questions. I think we're in the easy question color code. Oh, this is interesting. ASAP was whose debut solo project? ASAP. Yep. I don't know the answer to that one. That was Adrian Smith when he. Um, oh. I think he might have started after or before he left Maiden, but he that was the thing he did right after the album came out right after, and then he retired like right after that. Right, yeah. Until he worked with Bruce again. A, it was actually good stuff. It was like all the poppy ideas he had been collecting that that they had just rejected over the years. All right, what instrument does Louis Clemente play? Louis Clemente. Yeah. He sound the name sounds like a saxophonist or something, no. but uh, I'm gonna just say guitar, drums. He was the one of the original drummers of Testament. Okay, yeah, I wouldn't have gotten that. Let's move into a different color code here. Oh wow, the first one I picked. Okay. Oh, these are the harder ones. I think they get progressively harder by different color. And red is the hardest one because there's fewer of those. Okay. Um, name Dream Theater's first vocalist. I don't remember that dude's name. Um, what's the? Give me a hint. Um, Chris. That's not a hint. That's a name. Well, it's just a name. I mean, it's it's a it's a it's a it's a hint. Christopher. <laughs> I don't remember the guy's last name. I know. I. It was uh, Charlie Domin- Dominici. Mm. He also went by Chris Collins. Okay. And he wasn't on any. He was on their demo, right? Yeah, the first demo. Like they didn't they have like an EP or something. Yeah. Name Hellstar's debut release. Ah, oh. 
it, did, was it something with Texas in the title? No. Damn it. Burning Star. Okay. Okay, here we go. Um, wow, some of these are really complex. Yeah. Uh, name three bands that have covered the Judas Priest tune, The Ripper. That's a good question. King Diamond? Um, I want to say Strapping, Strapping on a Lad did, didn't they? No, they did Exciter. There's a really easy band. Ripper Owens? <laughs> yeah. Anything Ripper Owens has ever been in? Does that count? <laughs> that counts. All right. I'll give it to you. Um, one more. Uh, I... Well, you got because you got it was Merciful Fate, yeah, that's Iced right. Earth, Iced Earth, Ripper. yeah, um, and then you could have said uh, Overkill or Agent Steel. Overkill, oh, that's of course. Right. Now that I think there have been more bands that have covered that song. Yeah. All right. Mm. Um, name okay. Which Fleetwood Mac tune did Judas Priest cover? Oh bollocks! Um, it was uh, balls. Ah, oh, damn it! The color. The color of these, sort of. Green Manalishi. There you go. Yeah, I knew it was a weirdie. Uh, who replaced Cozy Powell in Whitesnake? Jeez. Most, I think most modern metal fans would have no idea who Cozy Powell is. I know you do. I know who Cozy Powell is. I don't know who replaced him, though. Yeah. Um, I'm not that into like the lore of Whitesnake. Uh, he was a very famous keyboardist named Ansley Dunbar. Okay. Yeah. I've heard that name. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Bill Lionel is better known as. Bill Lionel is better known as. What's his, uh, what's his stage name? Uh, well, he goes by Bill, right? No, no, Bill Nine, Bill Lionel. Um, it was only on their very first album that he went by this name. Banana business. He might have just talked about it a second ago. Oh. Um, I talked about it a second ago. We might have talked about the album, the de- their debut album. Uh, see, I have a really bad memory. I can't even remember things that I was thinking about like two seconds ago. You want me to, you want me to tell you? Yeah, go for it. James Rivera from Hellstar. Oh, Jesus. No, no, James, not Jesus. <laughs> um, Who did Steve Vai replace in Alcatraz? See that blank look on my face? It well, doesn't I mean, really work for podcasting. I think there's only one guy who could have replaced... Uh, if there's anyone who could have replaced Yingve, it would have been Steve Vai. Maybe. <laughs> Yingve. Is it, is it Yingve? Yingve. Okay, cool. I got it right. Um, okay, that one's way... I wouldn't even know that one. Okay, this one's... There's, like, there's really easy ones and there's like really hard ones. Okay, who founded the band Control Denied? Chuck Sheldoner. Okay. Name the cover tune on the third Exodus release. What was the third Exodus release? Was that Impact? Um, Was it the Ramones cover? No. Did they do a Ramones cover? Um, It was a punk song, right? Uh, No, not really. I give up. Lowrider. Oh, okay. Yep, yep. Yeah, I wasn't a big fan of Impact. Um, who replaced John Arch in Fate's Warning? Ray Alder? Yes. 
Let's move on to a different category. Let's see how difficult these get. We have not been keeping score. I think no. you're winning, though. I don't know. Who's winning? My dog is winning, maybe. Um, all right. See, you know, now these are getting difficult. Yeah. Okay. Is it my turn? Yeah, I think so. How did Chris Oliva die? A uh, car accident. That's right. He was killed by a drunk driver. R.I.P. That's what it says. Uh, well, I don't know who would know that. Um, okay. Which studio release did King Diamond not tour in support of? That is a difficult question. That guy's canceled so many tours. Yeah. <laughs> um, All of them? No. <laughs> I don't know. Um, what year was it? Says the I. Mm. He didn't tour for that album? I guess. That was in the 90s, right? Yeah, like 94-ish? Yeah. Wow. Um, Some of these bands I've never even heard of. <laughs> Listen, how many weeks did the final countdown stay in the U.S. top 40? Too long? 42 weeks, wow. Fuck, really? That was a different era. How many weeks did Bon Jovi Swoop ruin? Let's stay at number one in the U.S. Eight weeks. Wow. Okay, here's one you should know. Name the two Adrian Smith co name the two songs that Adrian Smith co wrote on Bruce Dickinson's Accident of Birth album. Um he co wrote uh I wanna say um I know you have good intentions, but uh Accident of Birth. No. Go uh The ro- is it was it the road to hell? Road to hell. And uh, I want to I want to say Ark of Space, but I don't think that's right. Welcome to the pit. Well, okay, yeah. See, because it's weird because it's not exactly something you'd imagine Adrian writing. Yeah. The road to hell. Uh. Okay, here we go. Name North America's longest running metal festival. Longest running metal festival. Yeah. Mm. Um, is it still doing festivals? I don't think it is. <laughs> when was the last time I did a festival? <laughs> a couple of years ago, I think. Ozfest? No, it was the Milwaukee Metal, Metal Fest. Fest. I was going to say that, but yeah. I worked for them at one point. I think at this point, Prog Power has been uh, doing yeah, longer Prog than Power. They have. Yeah, I, I used to, I used to uh, create the backstage, all the badges and all that kind of stuff. When was for... this game printed? Then long time ago. Okay. <laughs> Let's try some of the really, really hard questions here. Okay. Like these aren't hard enough. Don't <clears throat> just get the colors keep the colors in order. All right. <laughs> <laughs> name five bands with the word black in their names. Um Name five bands with the word black in their names. Yep. Let's see. Black Sabbath, obviously. No. Oh yeah, <laughs> I'll give you that one. Uh, um, I, you know, I could probably just name randomly name some things. Okay. Black Angel, I don't know. Yep, actually, that is okay. one of them. Um, Black Crucifix. No. Uh, maybe. Maybe. <laughs> <Some> probably. 
some band in the basement in Germany somewhere. Yes. Uh, How about I just give it to you? Black Rebellion? Blackout. Black Rose, Black Lace, Black Crows, Black Angel, Black Widow, Black and Blue, Black Sabbath. See, yeah, that's very difficult. <clears throat> Which Omen release did Paul O'Neill produce? Paul O'Neill did Omen? I did not know that. Escape to Nowhere. Huh. Huh. Good job, Paul O'Neill. Yeah. This, this game seems to be very sabotage-centric. Some of these questions are just stupid. Like, what golf clubs does Alice Cooper endorse? Um, Callaway's Big Bertha. Oh, I'll know that. Yeah, I knew that. <laughs> wow, really? All my time's out in the range. <laughs> exactly, home on the range. Uh, it's, now here, I'll disagree. Where did with Cataclysm this. record sorcery? Cataclysm record sorcery. Um, in uh, more Sound Studios. No, it's. I lost the thing. What is Running Wild's unofficial theme song? How about Running Wild? Well, the obvious answer is Under Jolly Roger, right? Yeah. They say Prisoners of Our Time. Wrong. Jeff Tate is the vocalist for what band? Are, you, are they serious? <laughs> uh, these are, I'm going back to the oh, easy the questions easy, okay. for some reason. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Let's go back to the easy questions. We'll do a few more minutes and then we'll get to our next... Whoever wins gets to pick a track. Here you go. All right. Easy questions. Yes. My brain's starting to hurt. Okay, uh, where is Ulver from, Norway or Sweden? They are from Norway. Yeah. Who growled for six feet under? Chris Barnes. Unfortunately. Mm, okay. Name Germany's most successful metal band. Scorpions? Yep. Soul of a New Machine is whose debut? Um, Soul of a New Machine. Sounds like I want to say Fear Factory, but I know that's... You're exactly right. Okay, yeah. Exactly um, right. Tiamat hails from what nation? Sweden? Yeah. Plastic Green Head was recorded by whom? <clears throat> um, plas- plastic Green Head. I don't know. You're going to be in trouble if you don't get it. Plastic Green Head. Some nineties thing, right? You're gonna, yeah, you're gonna be in trouble if you don't get this question. Plastic green. Oh, oh, um, what's his name? Uh, uh, sang for Steve Vai. You're going to be in trouble <laughs> if you don't get this question. Uh, so is it? Was it? Am I? I do I have to say the band name? The band name. Um, strapping young lad. You are going to be in trouble <laughs> if you don't get this question. Um. Trouble. 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 Very good. (laughs) Collectively, who are Kronos, Mantis, and Abaddon, better known as? Venom. Yep. Uh, Well, some of these are just ridiculous. (laughs) They are. Some of these are ridiculous just in general. Uh, How about... um, Where are Paradise Lost from? England. What part of England? Uh, Liverpool. Exactly. The uh, Liverpudlians or whatever you call it. Describe the cover of Mr. Big's Lean Into It. I don't fucking know. And I'm <laughs> proud. It's an old photo of a train crash at a railway station. Okay. Uh, I think 
I think we've uh I think you won. Andy Dareth used to sing for what band? Halloween. Mm, before, before Halloween. Oh, um Ah, damn it. Pink Cream 69. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Stupidest band Everyone used to sing for Pink Cream 69. So I guess I'm the winner? Yes. All right. Let's see what we have next. Let's do um, The Gentle Storm. Okay. It's not so gentle. I actually like this album a lot. Yeah, it's really cool. Uh, So if you don't know what it is, The Gentle Storm is a collaboration album. Between Arjun Lukinson from Arion and Annika Van Gersbergen from The Gathering, her solo stuff, and every single, all over the place, and all the recent Devin Townsend albums, but it's a really great uh, concept album. Um, it's it's it comes in two different. I want to say it comes in two different flavors. It comes as two CDs. One C, one the first CD is a heavier version of all the tracks, and the second one is a, is a lighter version. Like more acoustic guitar and more just a lighter overall, not not heavy guitars. And I don't know which one I like better. I like them both. I I well I, I can honestly say I've only been really listening to the acoustic one. Yeah, um, I have to give the heavier one another shot. I, I unfortunately the album's been sort of on the back burner lately. But mm-hmm. every time I go to it, I play that that acoustic side. So the track that I picked out is called "The Heart of Amsterdam," and it yeah. definitely has like this old, you know, I don't know. It's Folky, folky, yeah, that's the word I was looking for. Yeah, folksy, yeah. I, I I really like this song. I think it's probably my favorite song on the entire. thing. It's the one that sticks out the most. Yeah, too. not the one they released the first video for. Yeah, the video for this song is pretty silly, though. <laughs> it really is, but we won't hold that against them. Yeah. Let's get into uh, the gentle storm with the track "Heart of Amsterdam." <laughs>
And we have returned to the show from little Arjun Lukinson for your ears. That was something from the Gentle Storm. That was from the Storm album, the the heavier version of the album. You know, um, what I was thinking about was the, how nice it is that he plays around with different metal styles. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I wish sometimes that maybe uh, Tobias Sammet with the Alventasius project would kind of do a little bit more of that, kind of veer into something. Still keep it the core of what it, of what you do, but sure. it's okay to bring in other influences from other aspects of music or metal. Yeah, that's what I love about, you know, Arjun as an instrumentalist. You know, you can always tell that it's his music, Yeah, but it's always something a little bit different. And this album... Um, has Ed Warby on drums again, who you know have done he's done all the Arion stuff, but he's also one of the original members from Gorefest. Oh, really? Yeah, <laughs> nice. So he's a, he's a great drummer, and he fits you know he fits what they're doing, and yeah, it's a good album. I, you know, he's you know Arjun's used you know Annika's vocals for most of his releases by now. Yeah, it was it was time for her to be featured as a you know solo vocalist. Hopefully. Um... I was missing Devin Townsend's voice, though. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully this is uh, something that he can actually take on tour or do like, um, a show They are doing shows, but Arjun's not involved. Yeah. What? Why is that? I don't know. He doesn't like to tour at all. Oh, okay. At all. Huh. So he's he's more of the behind-the-scenes guy. He's done a couple shows, but it's always been local to him. Yeah. You know, like he did the Star One stuff where they played a bunch of Arion stuff. and huh. But he... You know, he doesn't like to tour. He doesn't like to travel. Yeah. So, I don't know. It's weird. So, I wonder if, like, when they go on tour, like, if he gets any of the profits from it because they're doing his songs? Or... I That's a good question to ask him. Yeah. Maybe we should get him back on the show. Yeah. I would love to interview him again. Yeah. It's a good question to ask him. So, are you making money? <laughs> if you're not touring? Come on. Yeah, I mean, because, like, uh, Trans-Siberian Orchestra, they have a writing team. Yeah. It, it does involve, like, say, John Oliva, and it does involve... um Paul O'Neill and stuff like that, but um, Paul O'Neill doesn't go on tour. No. John Oliva doesn't go on tour with Trans-Siberian. Well, they um, have a couple different touring groups, too. Yeah. And so it's like, uh, I you know, are there performance? I don't know. The business side of that is pretty interesting, at least for me. I'm always interested in stuff like this. Like, how do you, how do you figure this out business-wise? So I wanted to move on to something that's sort of near and dear to our hearts. Um, we mentioned Bruce Dickinson before earlier, and um, I'm sure everybody's heard the news by now, but Bruce Dickinson is going through chemotherapy for cancer they found on his throat. Is that what it is? Yeah. Well, the the, the chemo is actually done. The chemo was done. I think it was done in like January. Okay. He went through the eight-week course, of it, and so he's in recovery mode now. I know they've uh, already recorded. Uh, Nico said they've already recorded the new album. And it's ready to go whenever he's yeah. feeling better and he's ready. Yeah, Rod Smallwood issued an update the other week or the other day um, about uh, how he's like, yeah, no, he's they they think that they're going to do a, another test in May. Yeah, they're going to try to you know see if it's gone, and if it's gone, Maiden's going to go full steam ahead basically mm. once he's fully recovered. But um, the doctors feel like, yeah, we we got it basically, so. That's great news. Yeah. No, I mean, I wasn't worried about it because when the, when the update first came out, they said, like, we feel very positive about this. But, yeah. you know, like, my mom had cancer a couple of years ago, and the doctors were like, 
you know, we're, we got this, you know, it's, it's stage. It's like the, the earliest stage possible. Uh-huh. And they went in there and they got it and she's been flying ever since. But I was like a wreck those few days when we were like the, everything was sort of being sorted out. Like driving back and forth to the hospital and yeah, stuff like that. I've, I've, I don't want to get too personal on this show, but no, no. Oh, I've been there. I've done that. My mom had cancer, but it beat her. Yeah. So it, I, you never, you never know. It just, it, that word just comes up. And it came up with Bruce Dickinson, and yeah. for a brief second, there, my heart I was, dropped. I was, <gasps> I was, I was very no. upset. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the kind of upset where you're just kind of staring at the computer, and you're not really staring at it. You know, the, my first reaction to reading that that article that morning when I was I, I got to work and it came into my feed, and I was like, oh, okay, no, what? That's not right. I thought yeah. it was like one of the 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 fake news things. I'm like, no, yeah. no, nope, not going to believe that shit. Then I read it. I'm like, oh, oops, yeah. damn it. No, Bruce. No. Yeah. yeah it got, I jammed Iron Maiden the whole day. Yeah, I, I played a lot of Bruce stuff that day. Uh, We're actually uh, cultivating a playlist for a Bruce-specific episode. Yeah, soon. I was actually today just writing the piece I want to do on Bruce's solo career. And, and, and the reason I want to say this, too, I'm not trying to be morbid. Bruce is going to beat this. And I'm going to see Maiden on tour again at some point. Yes, you are. But the whole thing just kind of made me like hearing him going through this this situation made me think about his solo work. And it's like, okay, if I'm going to talk about something, I'm not going to talk about Maiden because everything has been said about Maiden that can be said. Yep. I'm going to talk about Bruce's solo career, which tends to get overshadowed a lot, especially, you know, since he hasn't released a solo album since 2005. And it's like, that's the one thing that, that the hearing that news made me think of, like, I want another Bruce solo I album. I do too. You know? There were some really, really, really good tracks. I mean, one of my favorite songs ever, one of my favorite ever songs is Tears of a Dragon. I think that is a lot of metal fans, one of their it's, favorite songs. It's like one of the, the, the best written songs that's ever come out by that's, any band. That's the kind of song that when you've been like with your friends and, and alcohol has been consumed a little bit, that eventually that song will come up on someone's playlist or their iPod. And everyone will sing along. And it's, you know how stupid you look, but you'll do it anyway. You know what I was thinking that brings me to that is we should do an episode, um, a full audio episode, little as little talking as possible that we do, but just talk about our favorite metal songs of all time and just play those tracks. Yeah. I yeah. mean, there's a lot of good stuff, and a lot of stuff we don't usually play because it's well, older. And... <laughs> I think I can see that being something we're gonna have to like. We're gonna have like huge lists, and we're gonna have to edit it down oh, over time. <laughs> yeah, here's my top 100 songs. Yeah. Wait, wait a minute. We gotta, you got, you gotta, you gotta get five. Like, wait, that requires some real soul searching. Like, yeah, what what is the best metal song in my opinion of all time? Right. Like, if I had to say even what is the best metal song of all time, I would, I would there would be dead silence on the air for five minutes if I think of something. But say. it's it's not it's our opinions. That's what yeah. makes you know any if you're into anything, it's it's an opinion and it's your own opinion. If not everybody has to agree. You know what's interesting when we were just talk, when I just said that the first thing that came to my mind is Black Sabbath, Heaven and Hell. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So definitely in the top ten. Yeah, I don't know if it's in. Well, no, it's probably not my top ten. Really? It's a great track. Okay, it's number eleven. No, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. That's that's it's hard to go through. Okay, let's move on to something. Yeah. We're, we we're go gonna cultivate that. that. We're gonna yeah. We're gonna wow. So let's play another track. Okay. Um, what do you want to do? Um, how about uh, let's play something heavy. Well, the uh, what was it? The oceans of slumber, solitude. Mm-hmm. Um. I I really hadn't paid that much attention to that band. Really? 
and um, I am becoming a, a fan. Uh, I like the song. Um, I haven't gotten to spend that much time with the album, but um, I'm getting convinced. Did you hear? You've heard Ethereal, then, right? Uh, I think. Okay, which the the first album, and they have, of course they had a male vocalist back in the in, named Ronnie Gates. Yeah. Now they have a new style, new female vocalist. Which yeah. I'm not sure her name uh, as of right now, but if you want actually want to listen to an interview with the band, um, go back to episode 136 of MSR Cast. I interviewed the whole band back in the day. We need to re- redo another interview with them now that they have a new lineup, and they're playing a show here Friday night at Fitzgerald's. Oh wow! It's like they're they're releasing a special EP that night, and you can only get it at that show. So yeah, I I plan to be there. Oh cool! If you want to go, yeah, let's do it. But uh, a lot of people have been picking up on them. Her name is Cami Gilbert. Um, female fronted. It's you know our our site that hosts MSR Cast Metal Injections picked up on the video for yeah. Solitude. The um. The guy who did the video is named Josh Vargas. He did a bunch of se- sessions for him, but he's done videos for Down and uh, Phil and Selmo and stuff like that. Yeah, I haven't seen the video He'll yet. He'll be at Comic Palooza. He's going to be doing a, a panel that I've set up. Ah. He's talking about, you know, directing music videos and directing movies and shit. Yeah. It'd be fun. Yeah. But yeah, we're going to hear, uh, I think it's a good track to play. I love their version of it. It's, yeah. it's really, really good. It's, of course, the one of the classic doom metal tracks from Candlemass, who's yeah. one of my favorite Doom bands. Uh, Solitude. Not Solitude Eternus, but... Solitude. Solitude.
Listening to Oceans of Slumber, Solitude. You say you, you say with a question mark again, Solitude. <laughs> now, yeah, that's a, a great cover of that song, man. Yeah. It's it's brutal when it needs to be, and it's exactly exactly what you want it to be. Yeah, looking forward to seeing what they're uh, what they do live, man. I love. I, I'm you know, I'm gonna put it out there. I'm friends with the guys in the band, but yeah. you know, I really love their first album, Serial. It was way beyond what anybody's been doing and now with a female vocalist it's just going to take it to another to another level is it worth mentioning that that she's unusual for a female vocalist in metal her style yeah she's like very well, not only her style but she is an african-american woman yeah that's uh i think it's it's cool they they went ahead and did that I think that the, like the fact that they didn't breaking boundaries. Yeah, I mean, you know, yeah. Well, just be honest, it is right. Yeah, it, it is. Else? I mean, who else? Uh, Jada Pinkett Smith. No, <laughs> you know? that's not. That's not right. Don't I say mean, that name. It, it hasn't really happened before. So yeah, it's just a little bit. Sh- sh- it's a little bit stunning to see that that happen. And I like the fact that everyone's just been sort of nonchalant about it. You know, like it, it's yeah. I mean, it. There's people say bad things about metal all you want, but. Metalheads are some of the most. This can be one of the most open-minded, open-minded fan bases. Fan base. Yeah. Exactly, man. Like it's like okay, when Rob Halford came out, everybody's like, "Oh, yeah, okay." Yeah. I mean, <laughs> well, when, and the funny thing about Rob Halford coming out is more people were just angry about him leaving Priest. <laughs> <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, two of the members from Cynic just came out last year. Yeah. And I mean, they're they were you know originators of on some of the older Death material. I mean. Yeah, one uh, of the one right. of the writers on AngryMetalGuy.com, he yeah. is uh, gay, and he commented on how he was upset that when the guys from Cynic came out, mm. metal fans were cool with it, but the gay community was like, "Oh, who's this band? Cynic? Never heard of them. They must suck." Right? Yeah, exactly. Isn't that weird? Strange. You should be accepting. Of, yeah. If, yeah, I know. <laughs> weird. Yeah. Oh well. There's a you know another local band, Project Armageddon. First trans yeah. female vocalist in a band. Yeah. Probably, well, yeah. there's a couple others, you know, like um, um, Mina Caputo, Case Caputo from Life of Agony oh, is now. yeah, definitely the most Living as a female, yeah. yeah. Um, there was, uh, I can't think of her name, but she was in the band Cretan. I can't think of I can't name. think of the name now, but. Life of Agony is still an ongoing thing, right? Yeah, right? they've okay. actually been, they've done reunion shows and she's performing as Mina. I would like to it's, just. I, I've never been interested her vocals, in music. Her vocals are a little bit different, yeah. but not enough to be different enough. You know right. what I mean? Yeah. I mean, it's not like a complete, completely different vocal style. It's very close to what she was doing with Life of Agony back in the day, Do you th- as, I, as I living wonder, as a man. I would like to go to one of those shows just to kind of sit in the back and observe people and just kind of go like... I, wonder, I, I think their fan base is so strong that it doesn't matter. Yeah, I, I wonder how many people are just kind of disconnected from the news that's been going on, and they show up there and they're shocked. Or um, you know? I don't know. I don't. I don't know. I, it's a good question. I have Seems no idea. Seems hard to believe in the internet age, but I'm sure there have been incidents where. In yeah, one of the I'm working on ideas and putting it forward for a documentary idea based on this sort of topic. So that'd be cool. Yeah, it's 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 in the works actually. Yeah. All right. So you didn't know you're talking to a documentarian, did you? What? Uh, Wear many hats. Exactly. <laughs> Which hat am I wearing today? I don't know. <laughs> um, 
Any other topics you wanted to bring up? I know we have a couple more bands to play this episode, but... Okay, well, let's talk about the Century Media thing, because it was a big deal. Who is Century Media? Um, well, yeah, exactly now. <laughs> like, who are, who are Century who, Media? Who is the Century Media? Um, so they have announced, Robert Kampf, the founder, the remaining founder, um, the uh, has announced that they are looking to sell Century Media to a major label group, and there's only three of those in existence now. Uh, Warner, Sony... And uh, who is it, EMI or whatever? Sure. Whatever the other one is. Uh, Warner's is likely to be the one they're going to sell them to. Uh, the interview that he did with Metal Sucks is a little distressing because he talks about how he's sort of, he himself has sort of lost touch with metal. He's more interested in like hard rock. Um, Century Media has a subsidiary label where they sign hard rock right. artists and they, they market those. And it's like, Hard rock, really? I, first of all, I've never heard of any of the artists on that sub-label. I looked into them. Um, and then just the interview was just kind of disheartening about like talking about like how sales have disintegrated the company into a point where they're just like, we just need to have a, a, a financial umbrella over us that can support us so we can just do whatever we want to do. And I, I, understand I, can that. See, I can see the point in that too, though. You know I, what I, I mean? get it, but, but at the same time... Look what happened to Ferret Records a couple years ago. Yeah. They were, they were huge. They were signing major acts. I think they even got in flames at one point. Right. And then that doesn't mean they, they got bought out by a major company. And Did they? they slowly dismantled Ferret Records until it was nothing. Well, you know? yeah. I mean, that's another thing to worry about. I mean, big record labels, they don't care about the record label. I mean, they, they care about the artists that they're going to acquire, right. if they're going to use those artists or whatever. It's all about the, the assets. It's not about the people. It's not about the brand. It's yeah. none of that. Yeah. So he's saying that they want... They want to shark it. Wait, what he's saying is that they, they're going to try to make a deal where Century can continue to op- sign in, you know, operate independently, sign metal artists, et cetera, et cetera. If you're using the corporation's money to do that... Then you're not operating independently. If you're still using your own profits to do that, then you can say that you are. But they're just trying to. I think he's just trying to bring it to the next level, and he's trying to not lose control once they get to that level. Because he's saying basically, and I don't know him personally. I don't know any really information about what's going on behind the scenes. Yeah. But if they're looking for a major label, ma- major record label to put money behind them, buy them out, so they can have operating money to continue what they're doing. Without a lot of um, people, you know, getting in the way, basically. Right. I mean, of course, you're going to have, you know, people higher up at that new record label saying, here's how shit has to work. This has to be this. But if yeah. they, if it works out, if everybody signs a contract that's going to make them happy, it's just going to bring the, uh, the, the, the artist roster for Sentient Media to a, to a higher level. See, but I don't think it's going to work like that. I think that what's going to happen... That's, well, that's a perfect world. I think that what's going to happen ultimately... Because when's the last time Century Media, like, homegrown, like, grabbed a metal band and made them into, like, a, an institution? I think the last time we can actually say that was Shadows Fall. And they've fallen by the wayside and pretty much are a non-factor today. Um, Century Media aren't in the business anymore of... Of building, of you know, growing new metal artists, they they take older artists or established artists and sign them to new contracts. Sanctuary, Queensrÿche, um, they uh, if you look at their 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 roster, they've shed a lot of acts already in the past like you know seven years. Yeah, and they're they're basically a skeleton roster of established metal acts. You know, 
And it's like that's that's fine, but that's not a way to grow your company. You're not, you're not looking into newer metal bands, and you're the only new bands you're looking into are hard rock bands to sign to your hard rock sub label. So I think to me it spells the end of Century Media as we know them as a metal label. Like uh, the Nuclear Blast deal fell through a couple of years ago. They that you know that whole partnerships mm-hmm. kind of. I remember broken. that. Is um, it? So he, let, let's. I'm looking at. I pulled up their website right now. This is artists that are currently on Century Media Records, right? Yeah. Let's just go through the, the short list. You got Three Inch of the Blood, Aborted, Adrenaline Mob. That's, I guess, one of their trying to be money makers. I, I whatever. Yeah. Uh, Amulet, who I've never heard. Angelus Apatrita, uh, Arch Enemy, who's probably one of their biggest money makers. They yeah. tour a lot. Uh, Asphyx at the Gate, another big money maker for them. Baron Earth. Okay. At the Gates was a legacy act. Though. Yes. Yeah. yeah, true. Barren Earth, if you have not heard the new album, it is fucking phenomenal. Yeah, I have been diving into it. We'll be playing something up from the next episode and really talking about that album. Yeah. It's really, really, really good. Uh, Black Tongue, Bleed From Us In. I've never heard of either of those bands. Bombas, Bork Nagar. Never heard that band before. Yeah, I'm joking on that one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, real moneymaker, Bork Nagar. Yeah, Bork Nagar is a real big moneymaker, but they're fucking probably one of the best bands on the label, though. Yeah, no. Um, Broken Hope, Butcher Babies, who tour a lot, who, whatever you want to say about them. Caliban, Cloud Kicker, Conquering Dystopia, Dark Fortress, Dark Funeral, Dark Tranquility. Let's, let's Next game we're going to play is how many bands can you name with the word dark in it? <laughs> yeah. Um, Death Wolf, uh, D's Nuts, really? Yeah. Deicide, Doctor Living Dead. <laughs> I was just shaking my head. I know. Enabler, Entombed AD, I Set to Kill, Gorguts, Gift Giver, Fozzy, Fintroll. Fozzy is probably one of their, they'll make money for him, no matter what you think about, you know, the band now. This is a band that, I mean, well, this is a label that in the past five years has shed most of its staff. There were reports coming out from former employees of not getting people not getting paid. Um, they run on a skeleton crew. He even talked about in the interview how they have to um, every every person who works there. I think it's not that many. I mean, it's, yeah. it's less than you would think if you throw out a number out there. It's probably less than ten. I think that's right. Probably right around the, the number. Um, wow! And everyone's doing like multiple jobs. Oh yeah, I fulfilling I- orders, doing anything. Everyone's on hands on deck. Um, this is a company that is they're they're selling their warehouse first of all their warehouse space so um this they're they're basically just saying we're no longer going to be an independent label we're going to be a vanity label for a major you know record company conglomerate and yeah it's disappointing for me because it's like that's that, they were one of the labels that was like the guiding light in America, you know. I'm sure times aren't that much easier for Metal Blade with uh, Brian Slagel and Metal Blade. So yeah, it just I don't know. It sucks. <laughs> Put it that way. It just it kind of sucks. And I look at Central Media is one of my favorite record labels, metal labels that ever really come out. And they put out some of the best. Albums, in my opinion, some of the you got some of the biggest, you know, the best bands that I've ever. I don't know. It's just yeah. It's hard to see. It's hard to think that 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 could, you know, dissolve at all. I get. I give me. I give them so much credit in the '90s when they were really pushing the the yeah. boundaries for metal in the United States. So they had Ice Earth here, and yeah. the, the long term contract, which was not that good for Ice Earth ultimately. But you know, they they looked at the success of Blind Guardian on Virgin Records Germany, and they said 
hey, what's what's you know license these records out for the North American market? I mean, they introduced all these important bands to like a legion of people out here, people like me, and um, I give them credit for that. But lately, they have I have not ever I haven't, I haven't found myself excited about a, a Century Media related news item. This is the first thing that's really caught my notice in in the, a couple of years, and it's it's the worst kind of notice. So. And it's only been around since like eighty eight ish, yeah. Like late, late, late eighties. So yeah, I, I, I think they really part, got really big around ninety three, ninety four. You know, yeah, yeah. Well, and then I think their biggest, their biggest selling album is still uh, the War Within, Shadows Fall, or Como uh, Lacuna Coil. Well, Lacuna Coil was big for them. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't know, man. I just got to see what the future brings, man. Yeah. Hopefully, it brings more quality releases, but. It, it definitely with bands like D's Nuts. I don't know. The, the, I think Century Media going the, by the wayside like this basically puts the the pressure on Nuclear Blast to be like they. You guys are the label in America now. Nuclear Blast USA. You have Monte Connor from Roadrunner. Like you have the the people there who know what to do. Yeah, how to run a successful company. Just just focus on America. And yeah, Century right. Media was always a great company for me to work with doing even going back to doing mainstream resistance back in the day. They were one of the first companies record labels that said, "Hey, let's we want to work with you. We're going to start giving you ads. We're going to here's all these promos and here's our interviews and they were they they were the one of the first major labels into my opinion. They were a major label. Yeah. No, they, that yeah, took me serious, you know what I mean? Yeah. And they still take me serious to this day. So I still yeah. work with them on stuff. So Yeah, they they support endeavors like this yeah you know, like exactly podcast and and magazines that have failed in the past you know they they'll just do anything but i can but his interview was so disheartening if you want to read it it's on metalsucks.net and you read it and you you can you basically are reading the words of a guy who's just not interested in metal anymore maybe and he it should seems just like leave. he's basically checking out maybe he should just leave it to somebody then yeah, may, I think so. I, I think that if, if he wants to get paid and sell out to a major label, that like I'm not saying sell out in the bad way. I'm saying I understand it's a business. You have to make money. You have to save your company. Yeah. So save it. You check out. Hand it over to someone who's interested in continuing the operation. You know. So have you seen any good uh, any shows recently? No, actually, no. I've been a, sort of in a drought. Um, but I have definitely the Nightwish uh, Sabaton Delane show coming up. What is that? What's That's the day of that? That's May 6th, okay. uh, Wednesday, I believe. Definitely have to go to that one. I know Anthrax yeah. with Volbeat is coming. Beginning of this month, it's uh, what Testament and Exodus. It's going to be pretty cool. Yes. Um, but I, just, I went to a show a couple weeks ago. Hadn't been to a show for, in a while, and I, I like really had to get out. It was like this badass big weekend in Houston. There yeah. was like all this these shows weird playing. Weird festival, yeah. <laughs> So I went to Fitzgerald's one night. It was a Saturday night, and I really was going to see Exhumed, and I was going to see Voivod. So I got there late. I thought it was supposed to be starting later than it was, and I got there like fucking like 8-something, eight 8.15, right when fucking Exhumed had just started. Right. So I got, at least I got to see Exhumed, and which I've never actually – you know, I've seen him live once, but it was like Walking Metal Fest like 1999 or 2000 or some yeah. shit, you know? Yeah. It's been a long time. Um. And, you know, great thanks again to, you know, a guy that's actually written for the Metal Geeks website, Matt Harvey, lead singer, vocalist, guitar player for Exhumed, was nice enough to say, hey, do you want to come to the show? Come meet up with me, blah, blah, blah. So I went to the show and like, I got to tell you, dude, the whole time I saw about five songs from uh, um, from Napalm Desk, who were the headliners that night, yeah, doing their Robodesk shit. 
and hung out with Matt most of the time. Yeah. Just, we just talked about, you know, we're talking about basically about Marvel movies and TV shows. Right. We're like, yeah, we can hear Napalm Death playing. We don't need to see him. It was so packed in there for right, him. Right, yeah. But the other band that I was really excited to see was Voivod. I've never seen them live. And I really fucking dig Voivod. Yeah. I love the vibe. And I put on a great show. It was really, really cool. And they, of course, I did Astronomy Domain at the end. Okay. A little Pink Floyd at the yeah. end. And yeah, it was all in, you know, all tribute to Piggy. Yeah. It was really cool, man. But I think we'll play a couple tracks that remind me of that evening. Okay. I want to play something from Exhumed. Yeah. Then I want to play something from the new Voivod. Okay. I almost tried to say new and Voivod the when same time. When did the Voivod album come out? Was that just like. Yeah, a few months ago. They're okay. touring for this album right now. So that was in 2014, right? We just missed that album completely. Uh, yeah, it was like right at the end of the right at the end of the year. Right at the end of the year where it's likely to get unnoticed. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and the, the, the Exhumed track we're going to play is called Open the Abscess. It's. Um, the re-release of Gore Metal, they re-recorded it and re-released it. I, I actually talked to Matt about, you know, why they did this. And he said, you've heard it. You've heard the old version, right? I was like, yeah. He's like, there's your fucking reason. Yeah. <laughs> he was kind of like, shit. He wasn't, he wasn't proud of it anymore. And right. they got the opportunity to go back and re-record it. And they actually had the original vocalist, Ross Sewage, came back and did stuff on it. And he was actually, he did some tour dates on this show, like like four or five dates. But yeah. not Houston, though, unfortunately. But it was cool, man. Um, let's get into a little exhumed and a little voivod, yeah. and we'll be back after this. Yeah. 
Yeah.
we are back to MSR Cast. We just heard a couple tracks. We just heard Voivod with the track Mechanical Mind from the album called Target Earth, which came out in 2014, late 2014. And then we heard um, Exhumed. We heard the track, which was called... I got to pull up my notes here. Definitely much better production on the Exhumed track. Yeah, called Open the Absets from Gore Metal, a retrospective, which is basically re-recording of the very first album. Yeah. And definitely uh, warranted that it needed to be done. Yeah. Yeah, and Voivod still sounds great. That was yeah, a cool, that this was the coolest track. First uh, album, like five years. Um, new guitar player who... Because um, the last album was basically uh, Infini, whatever it's called was the last remaining Music. guitar stuff that yeah. Piggy had done. They just repurposed it into an album. Yeah. This is the first full album with none of his involvement. They have um, a, a brand new guitar. Well, he's been in the band for years now. <laughs> it's where when you say new guitar player, but... Yeah. Um, so, yeah, the guitar player now, his name is um, Dominique... Oh, I'm sorry, Daniel Mongrain. He goes by Chewy. Huh. Like... Chewbacca, maybe yeah. Chewy. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. So, new bass player replaced um, Jason Newstead, who is no longer in the band. Um, yeah. Oh, that was a long time ago, right? He was out. Yeah, yeah. Like oh six or something. Oh eight or something oh, like that. Yeah. So, um, that's good for them because it, it sort of reminded me of like a Richie Faulkner type situation with Priest. You know, he's like guy, a new guy plugs in, and they sound just like they sound just like the same. Like it's the, pro, it's progressive progressive thrash yeah. space metal. It's yeah. fucking awesome. I yeah. love Voivod. It, it sounds like Voivod. It sounds like Voivod as I've always known them. Yeah. It's cool. It's a really, really cool song. And then we heard, of course, Exhumed. Um, all, they're all at that show. It was like Napalm Death was a headliner. Uh, Exhumed, Voivod. Um, trying to think of it. Iron Reagan played. Um, Black Crown Initiate played. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the bands playing downstairs, which I fucking missed, was Terrorizer. I didn't even know I'd, I had no idea. Wow. Because it was at a club that had like two levels, right? right? Yeah. But hung out with the guys in Black Crown Initiate, who, uh, of course, you know, I've done an interview with them before, and they were generous enough to give us a copy of their brand new album called The Wreckage of Stars, which is available on E1 Records. It's uh, autographed by the by the entire band. Yep. They're really cool guys, man. And uh, they donated it to one of you lucky listeners. As well as a poster. So we're trying to come up with a contest. What would actually work? We're going to make it simple for you guys. First of all, you have to be following MSRCast on Twitter. Yes. You have to be following the Metal Pigeon on Twitter. Yes. We, we can check this shit. You know that, right? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, all you have to do is tell us your favorite song off the new album, The Wreckage of Stars. That's simple. And a random winner will be chosen at random. Did I say it's going to be randomized? <laughs> random winner will win at random. A copy of the album autographed by the band and uh, actual um, poster signed by the entire band as well. Yeah, cool. Pretty cool. Yeah? Follow us. Follow us, exactly. Follow us or die. All or right. follow us and die? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. So we have, uh, I think we're going to, we have one, time for one more song on this on this episode. I yeah. think we're going to mellow it out at the end. Yes. We're going to go into a little Stephen Wilson of Porcupine Tree Frame. He has yeah. a fame. He has a new uh, solo album. Appropriate that we're including him on this episode where he played, uh, you know, the Angra song, which is very much not a metal song. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, Stephen Wilson is not 
metal, but he's he's a progressive rock artist. He's an amazing songwriter, lyricist. Who, you know, yeah. anyone who's a metal fan should already know his name just because of his work with Opeth, the Blackwater Park producer. Yep. You know, he's he's done a lot of stuff. Storm with Corrosion Opeth. with Michael Ackerfeld. Exactly. Yeah. So he's not a stranger to metal fans, and I'm sure that most people listening to this podcast. At least know who he is or are fans of him. And they're open-minded. And mo- and open-minded. I think most people that listen to the show um, are open-minded in as far as much as we are yeah. with metal. And you have to be with, with Stephen Wilson because sometimes, um, you know, he has moments on his albums that even test my patience because I'm like, well, I, I don't mind progressive music, but sometimes it gets a little too jammy and stuff like that. Sure. Not Dream Theater-esque, but, you know, enough. Jam um, bandy. Uh, they can a little bit, but not sometimes. too much. Yeah, right. Well, I know exactly with, what you're saying. I think the thing with Stephen is, as opposed to like being like a instrumentalist type jam session, he he actually writes everything out, but he'll write out long progressive instrumental. Parts. And he knows where to end it. And he know he exactly. knows where to go yeah. in the next part of the track. Uh, this album is extremely interesting. So it's "Hand Cannot Erase" is the name of the album. Um, I, do you know the story behind the album? I do not. Okay, so is it story time? It's story time. All right. I didn't know about this story about uh, um, this woman in England who died uh, in like 2003. No, she died in 2000. Yeah, 2003. Uh, her name was Joyce Carol Vincent. Her body, she died in her apartment, like on her uh, bed, the TV still on in the room. Yeah. The body wasn't discovered until 2006. Wow. When they, when they, you know, the the police kind of kicked in the door to, or the landlord or whoever to repossess the apartment, they found her took corpse. Her, took him three years. Yeah, corpse was so desiccated they couldn't even ID the body properly. Yeah, um, they had to use like dental records and all that kind of stuff. So the story, there was a, this was a big story in England at that time about how how is it possible that this woman. No one inquired after her. Her family members or, or you no know, friends were like coming by to check on her. And yeah, and you would think that this woman is like, oh, you hear about the story, and it's like some old bag lady, basically. Uh, no, she was a very attractive, very. Uh, she was a young woman. Uh, she had friends. She had a social life. She had boyfriends, ex boyfriends, whatever. And she, for some reason, she just chose to isolate herself, and she just disappeared. You mm. know, and literally, and in, in the end, disappeared. And so um, a documentary was made about her in 2010 called Dreams of a Life. And uh, I had heard Stephen talk about this in the in the, the promotional interviews for this album. So I went ahead and watched the documentary. Um, I urge anyone to watch this documentary. It's one of the most – Where can you see that? Um, I torrented it just straight up. <laughs> just that, That's the only way I could find it. What, but, what do you um, mean by – you did what? Well, you know, I, I, I talked you, to some – you, you watched it on the internet. I watched it on the internet, okay. yeah. So, um, uh, but it's a devastating documentary because it's, it's, it's not like super sad, but it's just sort of like bewildering, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, how, how can that happen? How can it, ha- and, well, they interview her friends and people like that. And I mean, uh, you have to watch the documentary to get the full story. Long story short is basically that, um, she had identity issues from like childhood and at the end of – towards the days when she was kind of becoming less and less social and becoming more of an isolationist, she sort of just lodged herself in the middle of London. Like she she had a new address in London. You're surrounded by millions of people and you just sort of disappear. You know, no one knows where to find you. This is pre-Facebook era, you know. And so one of the things I thought was interesting, Stephen Wilson, he was so taken aback by the story. And he was like, it's funny. I live in the town 
called he or he said that he lives in a town now called Hemel Hempstead, which is like a like a suburb outside of London. Mm-hmm. But everyone in the street knows who he is. He knows his neighbors. He knows the name of the postman. He knows the like the the local policeman. But when he lived in London for twenty years in the heart of London, as a young musician, he didn't know anyone. He didn't know his next door neighbor. You know, he didn't know like anyone in his building yeah, or whatever. Right. I kind of feel the same way. Sometimes I think of my, my apartment complex. I don't know who my neighbors are. So I don't they, know my neighbors, man. Yeah. I mean, it's just crazy. Like you live on a street, Yeah, <laughs> you know, like people around you, like you figure you see them every day. You'll talk to them. And it's just, and it made me start thinking, like really thinking about like what it means to live in modern society. The album is entirely about that. It's about, it's about what living in modern society does to you and, and the idea of alienation within like how is it possible for you to be in the midst of just thousands of people around you, millions of people around you, and you're still you can disappear? And it's like basically what it's saying is that that's the best way to disappear. And that's sort of weird because you, you mentioned that you're like I don't know my neighbors' names, yeah, and I don't even talk to them. But it's like weird. It's like everybody wants to be on Facebook to be social, but they won't be social with people that are right next and, door. To and them. the album talk ta- ta- touches on that a lot. Wow, yeah, yeah. It's it's, it's a it's a very heady, very thinky album. It, when you listen to it, you will think about it. Um, it's it's a conceptual album because it's a storyline that's based off of Joyce Carol Vincent's life. There's a fictional character in there that's loosely based off of her. The fictional character has been writing blog entries on the website called handcannoterase.com. That's you can creepy. go there and you can read these entries back from 2008. Now, of course, the entries were put up recently, but basically you can see this girl's life progressing towards degrading degrading towards isolation and it's just really eerie like it's some of the most eerie stuff i've ever read just because you can she like describes like you know out of body experiences with like seeing her her sister come back and you know like as a child and like talk to her in the room and really eerie spooky stuff like that anyway it's a complete album experience i bought the blu-ray edition the deluxe edition is like a hundred bucks it's already sold out but what comes with the blu-ray the Blu-ray is basically it's a 5.1 mix, um, and it's set to a slideshow of images of this girl's life, mm. this fictional girl's life. I would I would actually want to borrow that from you and actually experience. That yes, way. I will. I will bring it over next time because um, you definitely need to see this. The hardback book is impressive, though. I, I, there's a YouTube video. You can go look at the unveiling of the book, which is like a hand flipping the it, book see, around. This is one of the things that proves the point is sometimes you you can't just download an album you're missing out on an yeah. entire because i've listened to the album yeah and i downloaded it from like itunes right. you know yeah i'm missing all this this other portion the tactile experience the experience yeah. of listening of of the album when you when you get when you look at this book or what you would have gotten if you ordered this book it's a big hardback book full of photographs of this woman's life but it's also full of uh, actual inserts of like newspaper clippings like they actually reproduce newspaper equipment to feel like newspaper and articles and like like childhood letters. So you can pull out like a letter that looks like it was written by like a five year old, and it's wow. like something but it's, that this fictional character wrote. That's it's, and that's actually very very it's it's really cool. Um, that's a new style of storytelling. Yeah, yeah, it really well, is. It's like you know I I know it's been done in like art books before and like you know fiction writers have done stuff like this, but it's sure. the first time I think it's been done in music. Yeah, and he's always been a stickler for packaging. Anyway, he wants to like do like the most insane deluxe edition, sure. whatever. Yeah, yes. This is 
it just going to the next level. Like if you go go on YouTube and look at the unveiling video, it's impressive. I need to definitely take a look at the Blu-ray and just experience it. Yeah, yeah. So before we get into um, Stephen Wilson, let's uh, I, actually let's take the time to let everybody know where they can find us. Thank everybody for listening, of course. So of course you can find MSRcast always at metalinjection.net. You can find us at metalgeeks.net. And you can find The Metal Pigeon over at TheMetalPigeon.com. Yep. Uh, one thing that I really want to start asking you guys for is go to go to iTunes, subscribe to us, go to Stitcher, subscribe to us, leave us some five-star reviews. Yeah. Leave us reviews. We want to make this bigger and better. You can find us either on iTunes through MSRCast or you can find us through metal, MetalGeeks.net. So when you subscribe to The Metal Geeks Show, you hear you get Metal Geeks as well as MSRCast. Yeah. There might be some changes coming around soon, but we don't know yet. But just please go out there and listen to the, listen to our shows, subscribe to us, review us, do all that cool stuff. Find us on Twitter at MSRCast and at The Metal Pigeon, or just at Metal Pigeon. At The Metal Pigeon. At The Metal Pigeon. Yeah. That the is very important. Twitter, that. Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. I'm really pushing yep. the Instagram thing now hard. So Exactly. Um, Instagram for all of us. Facebook is for all of us. If you want to uh, send us a request or any kind of feedback or anything you want to do, we we will talk to you. And remember, we got the giveaway. We do have a giveaway. MSRcast at gmail.com. We will check. That's right. Follow us or die. <laughs> at MSRcast on Twitters and the Metal Pigeon on the Twitters. You could uh, send us a tweet. Tell us what your favorite track is on the new Black Crown Edition. If you haven't heard it, go listen to it. Then tell us what your favorite track is. Yep. You can find it. All over the internet, so yeah. Uh, Speaking of favorite, this is my favorite track off that Stephen Wilson album. Good, it's, I'm glad. It's so like this is a depressing song, but it's so beautiful. Like that, it's just that emotional. You it's know, an emotional release. The lyrics are are, are amazing in, in themselves. So, so let's get into it. Um, nobody get too depressed after hearing the song, and stick around for the next episode. Yes, <laughs> we'll be back. See you guys. Well, oh wait a minute, I forgot to say something. What's that? Keep it metal. Ah, keep it metal. Keep it crispy. (laughs) As Pete Holmes would say.
podcast brought to you by msr productions all rights reserved blah 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 for reviews archives of our podcasts and all your other metal geekery needs please visit msrcast.com metal or die let's do metal all the time yeah